Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody again to the third episode of Chrononaut Chronicles. We are joined by three of the other prime Chrononauts tonight. We've got Ben, Derek, and Bootsy just joined the room, so he'll be with us shortly. But before we get into gratitudes, because we like to start with gratitudes as our first segment on every show, because you can never talk too much about gratitude. I do like to take a quick look at the Almanac just to see what's coming up in the future. Uh, we are live, doing the, we're doing this live um, on Monday night, and this will be posted as a podcast on Tuesday. And this is all sponsored, of course, by Mystical Wares, which is Derek's shop. And we'll hear from Derek in a moment. But uh, we are just coming out of Easter Sunday. So happy Easter, everybody! Um, looking looking ahead in the week, though, on Tuesday it looks like uh, Jupiter and the Sun will be conjunct, and Thursday will be Pluto and the Moon will be conjunct, and then Saturn and the Moon on Saturday. So maybe those are some things to watch out for coming up this week. But uh, that being said, let's get into gratitudes. And uh, Derek, why don't you? lead us off this episode since you weren't here for the last one but we did publish that it is out as a regular podcast now for anybody that is joining us now and didn't know that before so derek i'm gonna have to still listen to that one myself bill because i haven't had a chance yet my uh, i've been kind of on a whirlwind ride on this and hopefully i'm not too echoey by the way because like i mentioned before the show i'm in my home office so um but yeah so hopefully i hope it's not echoey but as far as gratitudes go actually I it it's kind of an easy one I thought of today because I'm grateful for this podcast and all of you being here because I don't often find myself with such an open-minded group of individuals all at once to where I can go as deep into of course what we jokingly call woo-woo as I get and and have people you know add in as well and so you know I'm grateful for um, all the other chrononauts and. And this time we have together, so um, I think it's awesome. I appreciate you all. Yeah, this has certainly been a fun adventure for me so far. Uh, this is only episode number three, and I've just had a blast putting you know the last two together. So, yeah, thank you all for being here. And I, I guess I'll go next uh, for my gratitude. I took a little road trip this weekend, right, to see some family for for the Easter holiday, and uh, so my my gratitude was going to be roads. Because I was just thinking about how trippy it is that everybody's driveway connects to everybody else's driveway. Like you can pull out of your own driveway and then stay on basically what is this, you know, the same road pretty much. And then end up wherever. It just takes you a little longer to get there, right? As opposed to flying or whatever. So, yeah, just the infrastructure, roads. Like that's, I'm glad they're not blown apart and that our bridges aren't falling down. At least in my area they're not. But, yeah, I don't know. Um Ben or Owen, you you guys can jump in whenever. I'm not really going to do the intros because we'll just jump right into the gratitudes as the conversation rolls along. But um, yeah, what's what's going on with either one of you two gentlemen? Well, I can jump in quick, and it's sort of, I guess, continuing the theme from the last few episodes. I've really been taking the opportunity to watch spring open up um around me where i am now and just today some bees started showing up so that's always a positive sign and 
welcome, uh, you know, symbol of spring for sure. I actually got to wear my sandals today for, mm. it was only like a couple hour window during the day where I got warm enough to do that, but still broke them out for the first time. It felt good. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's been, it's been good. And, and with some of the, uh, energies we've been moving through, I guess, uh, as a collective, it's been really important to get grounded. And this has been the first opportunity for me anyway, to go outside without snow on the ground and uh you know actually get that connection back established it's been a while so yes speaking of grounding one of the uh rocks that uh, came into our lives over this past weekend was actually a gift to my wife for my brother-in-law and sister-in-law it was her her birthday not too long ago it was this huge i'll grab it here in a second if I can remember where she put it but it's this huge punk of punk it's this huge chunk of uh, specular hematite it's like it's like this big it's and it's super heavy with mica in it yeah it's shiny on the outside yeah it's got some mica in it yeah that's that's interesting stuff yeah it's a giant slab of it I, was, I read it read about it a little bit in my encyclopedia book and it's pretty much it said it was the strongest stone for grounding like out of all the mm-hmm. stones it's supposed to be top stone for, for that apparently i don't know that was written before shungite was well known Oh, so Shungite trumps that then? Oh, absolutely. Nothing. Oh. Nothing's better for grounding than Shungite, other than just go, you know, dropping yourself on the ground and hugging it. Um, yeah, and Shungite's the best. So if you're flying, and I just flew from Vegas, like I said, and we get into that. And actually, I'm about to start a bunch of Shungite beehives, so I'm gonna let everybody finish with the gratitude first before I jump into a couple of things. But yeah, Shungite trumps that. All right, good to know. Bootsy, do you have any uh, Shungite or bee-related? news the tie-in for gratitude well i i've i've been able to try the stuff that derek uh from his shop so i mean i just have to say it's fantastic i love all that uh especially the especially the honey <laughs> the shungite infused honey man it's uh it's really good so yeah i mean definitely a lot to share on that front um, lots of great opportunities connecting with a lot of people also very grateful for this podcast this is an amazing connection and i'm also able to make some connections here locally and in town you know business wise and putting some things together which is really fun collaborating on some projects that uh could have some pretty cool outcomes i think i think that's got legs so i'm excited about the opportunity to collaborate with with people with you guys to be here and i'm excited to hear all about derek's adventures yeah, thank you. Yeah, collaboration is what it's all about. It's pretty much the drive, one of the driving things behind this is just being able to meet with you guys on a weekly basis and, and some others. We actually had a guest chrononet on last episode, Todd Cave. But uh, yeah, the Shungite products. I use Derek's the Skin Balm. It's Shungite and uh, Beeswax. And I think, is there silver in that now? There is. There? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's so, small silver particles in Shungite. Fine Shungite. Yeah, I use that stuff every day. Um, I have some problem areas I work on, but, uh, yeah, it's great stuff. And, uh, yeah. Did you have, you had some updates for us about, uh, maybe the store, maybe Derek or your adventure to, oh, to get more gosh. stones for the store. Oh, I got all kinds of stories. Yeah. We can go all over the place, of course, with all of us. Um, but I just, for, 
So I just got back from Las Vegas. Um, and as my life typically goes, and I hadn't been there in a long time. I drive through all the time, going down to Arizona to buy rocks and whatever, for mystical wares, all kinds of things. But I don't take a hard left and pull onto the downtown strip and stay there for four or five days, which is what happened this time. Um, and then in synchronicities, it worked out, of course. And then all our lives, it's the same way. Um, I just kind of uh, stay hyper-focused on them or pay attention. Um, and I saw, a, I was walking down the road. Um, and then we saw a bus with a, I'm trying to remember, okay, Zach Bragan, let me bring it up from, I guess he's, oh, Ghost Adventures maybe. So he's the host of Ghost Adventures um, or show like that on, on one of the networks, lots of episodes, but he has a haunted museum down there. And so, you know, we didn't know anything about this. So that was the synchronicity part that the bus just happened to pull up in front of us and say, hey, well, there's that name that just the week before Zach Bagan. Um, I saw on some TV show, I think it is called Ghost Adventures. Um, and a lot of people out there probably know the, the thing. Um, so long story short, we went there. I got I'm gonna kind of jump it around because it was really interesting, especially I have to remember to tell you about the building next door as we were driving away in the cab, as we saw the symbolism on that. Um, I'll just jump real quickly to that one and say it was the biggest Mason symbol I'd ever seen. So it was a Masonic temple uh next door, and that that ties in a whole lot. Um, yeah, and I know, uh, Bill, you, what you said in the last podcast, too. So I don't know if you were aware of that lodge or not, if you've ever been to Vegas. I've not. Yeah. Um, and I actually, my whole family has a past and all of that. So actually, in whole, a lot of stuff, maybe, maybe not for this podcast. We'll see. Depends where we go. Um, went to the Haunted Museum, and it's called, I've got now up over here on the other screen, Zach Bagan's The Haunted museum and i'm gonna go quickly through a lot of this so i don't just bore the heck out of everybody and take up the whole podcast but it's one of the first largest it'd be considered a mansion it's just off the old strip as i just said it's right next to door to one of the largest mason lodges that was built like a fortress by the way this lodge um to an unusual degree and there's a reason for that uh i did look under it i think ooh, i don't know if i should be putting that out either there goes my ear um but back to the haunted house went in there and for those that don't know zach bagan ghost adventures he goes around does ghosts you know another ghost story thing out there um and they they take the ghost boxes and i've got all these trinkets myself and i make fun of them they're legit they work depending on how you're using them um but remember i like to make fun of this stuff so he has a haunted house where certain people have in a lot of again somebody can search engine this later to get more specifics but let's say there's a certain box and somebody's terms by the way i'm not going to stay online for a reason because they're that legit i'm not going to be repeating these names um of some of these widgets i'm just going to call it that he had in there they're that legit so let's say one of these widgets was at somebody's house and it got tied to these stories again i'm sorry but a lot of these have to just you guys have to research it later um because i don't know the whole story anyway a lot of it but they're legit haunted items it's not like he went to uh you know um uh, haunted house dot com and bought some trinkets to put in there these were dolls that are tied to things or actually harry houdini's this that or the other um so legit items um and sometimes pieces of buildings brought back and sometimes and here's where we're going to get into it dolls and i'll give you i'll give you guys some of it so somebody can google in the background if they want one of these dolls is known and there's no photos of this stuff by the way except for the ones he releases they don't allow cameras in their videos 
you have to have a whole there's a whole um agreement before you enter because people have issues they have attachments the whole um in their terms the ghost and haunting thing of course metaphysical aspects of reality but they're calling it from that description um is real and people get attachments and stuff happens so it's peggy the doll's name is peggy um for anybody that wants to look that in the background and look it up i'm um, again i won't get into that whole story but it is on display in a box separate from you don't want to touch it anyway and i'm just bringing out one of dozens of things um and this particular doll has such a past that they have a there's lots of versions of ghost boxes some jump fm radio channels or am every so many seconds and you catch a word here and there they had one here where it's what's well, called white noise or squelch to where it's there's no there's no receiver it just broadcasts so you're not hearing any audio whatsoever so long story short i just term it holding space so i i, I make a, we've talked about these before uh that soccer ball bubble around my space hold a frequency and when we did this and you're not you're not supposed to stop on this tour especially in front of this doll and there's a whole thing before it um and unfortunately for a couple ladies that were behind me got stuck behind me to see this whole thing and it's all on video um we actually we contacted their museum and they're gonna go have to pull the tapes and see what they can find on me doing it stopped in front of it me doing the the woo -woo stuff being a, a medium in a channel I'm hearing stuff in my head all the time but I just blow it off because others aren't hearing it and you don't I don't want to be that guy in this one it was so loud and screaming I knew others were hearing it especially when I could audibly ears ringing now audibly hear the ghost box turn on full first of all it was the doll, a female voice coming through the thing everybody in the room was hearing by the way it was the squash was gone complete audio and then the male a male came in who I found out later in this museum because then the next room and this is a famous tour by the way so a lot of people listening or in the future when they hear the archives we'll know exactly these rooms i'm talking about the next room had a, a a male figure in it i'll just say he was jumping through the ghost box and we straight up had male female voices plain as day english communicating through this box that again isn't the type that transmits radio stations um and all i did so the ladies behind me that don't know it's crazy woo woo derek who can do these things i'm standing there just hold my hands a certain way i'll have to get into that later maybe tuned it and boom the thing turns on and everybody starts hearing it um and then they actually have to get us out of there we they let the tour guide know later because evidently it's all recorded um and there were other instances in there that were just you know just what most would say were unbelievable but it was for my you know this stuff day to day for me but it was neat because it was such a device and others present and that was a legit what they would call haunted doll I'll say that doll figure held so much energy and was completely being added energy to it with every person walking through that other entities were communicating through it so it's not that a certain ghost or entity was stuck inside of it like like some were saying so anyway uh, i'm like going quick here if you have any questions bill go ahead or anybody would, um, that, would that make it some kind of like portal then if it's just like a channel ah, or anything to come it's through? yeah okay it makes it as not just a, a a tool but a swiss army knife so if you're aware that in this example there's a toothpick in a swiss army knife well then you can use it if you're aware of it the answer is yes then then yes it can be used as a portal but if your awareness is well that lets in the ghosts and the goblins and the demons well then if that's your awareness that's the tool you're using so that's what i'm saying i i always watch my wording with people on their understanding because that that has a big effect on things their their imagination affects the energies 
Um, and I've seen that in good and bad in both ways. But yeah, it can be a portal. But not everything was jumping in. Like I said, the entity that was hanging, and they had some of his bones in the next room, that was hanging out in that room, used that energy, what you would call a portal, energy space for me, because it moves sometimes, to chat. And it had the box. It saw a crazy psychic guy standing there. It took the opportunity. And it was straight blown out English. It wasn't like, what's he trying to say? Is he saying hello? Oh, no. It was like just stupid hitting a walkie-talkie going through the thing. Um, so that was that was kind of interesting. Again, I don't know, another half dozen instances in that same museum because it was, it was legit. Again, it wasn't a haunted house. It was items from around the planet, often legit body parts and things. And the stories go on and on for people who want to Google this later. The seances that are held down below. Um, anyway, so I'll just kind of stop there because I never know how interesting any of these stories are. People. Yeah, I've seen. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen a number of the episodes that uh, Zach produces that TV show, and then I remember when he opened that museum. Actually, there was some kind of live stream. It wasn't too long ago, right? It's relatively. I didn't even know about it. I had no idea. It's one of those things I was supposed to get in there. Yeah. Yeah, it it was. Um, I remember hearing or seeing because they did like a video tour through it, and he was, you know, kind of giving an explanation of some of the items. But they went down into the basement. I remember this. I don't know why I remember this one part, but they had like dirt from a location from another haunted house there. And I saw that. Like half a stairwell. It's there. What I don't remember. I don't know why. That's the only thing that I remember off the top of my head about that spot. That was a big time haunted house. I don't know Missouri or something like that. These segments are on YouTube, and I'm going quickly because people can you look it up on YouTube later. But what you're talking about is still there, and they give you the op, and that's legit too. The dirt they brought because they had it sealed behind some steel doors. I could feel the energy with air quotes. Anyway, that wasn't stopping. Unless like saying you're going to stop the music from playing for me, it didn't. But. <laughs> And then they said, get out if you want to. And when they, the three different rooms they did that gave you the option of not going. And again, uh, I have to think if I want to say the term, the, it's a box that's in there. Um, it's it's actually lighting up the engine here, me even thinking about it. Um, so I have to think about that. But the dirt and the stairwell that he did bring in from a haunted mansion, a legit, were tortures, all kinds of people were killed, energies was brought back and put behind this door that all of a sudden the windows slide up. And then you can uh, see it, but you can perceive it before you even walk in the room. Uh, you can feel it. Oh, heck, half the stuff's behind glass cases. And I was in there. I know I'm only on video for a small segment of these people that'll watch this later. But And we can all do this again to dip one degree or another. And with practice, we can. I can hold up my hands and, I don't know, tone or tune the frequency in a room. And the stuff behind the cases. So while one of the uh, tour guides was chatting about this thing or the other, um, you know, I'm, I go 100 miles an hour, as you can already hear, and you know. So in my head, I'm already playing with trinkets behind the cases. I'm like, oh, there's a, um, it was a, uh, oh, geez, the cross. It was, um, I'm blinking out of the name. Anyway, um, it was. I was making a cross, shaking the case, and swing there kind of thing, and playing with the behind the energies. Because, and again, in that place, just about anybody could do that if they really focus, because there's so much energy. Again, I hate that just using the word energy. but it's easy to access in a place like that when people go in all heightened and emotional. So it was crucifix. There you go. That's the word I was blanking out on. There's a crucifix from somebody, so-and-so hanging on this other thing. And it was all creepy stuff. And I'm, again, I'm going fast, but it was a decent place. Um, started shaking in there kind of thing. Um, so it was a lot of fun being in that. Just checking it out. I did do removals. I'll say, actually, sorry. Um, I was with my fiance, Jalissa. She had, 
I won't say the exact thing, but a large um, amethyst quartz crystal in the shape of an octahedron pendant on. That thing I had to clear it when we got out. It sucked half the color out of it. So half the color is missing from that pendant now. Um, so I don't know, half the shade of purple, you would say. And for this new amethyst, it was purple. And that happened basically because of attachments and people trying to hang on. In fact, what's unusual, at the very end, there's a trinket shop, a gift shop, where they're trying to do this, that, and the other. And I'm not a big guy that a whole lot of, again, energies will... I actually said, we're leaving and we're leaving now because of what I was feeling around me. It was like I felt somebody grabbing on and hanging on. I can slough off things, but still, my bigger point is it was that unusual and strong for even a woo-woo like me that I'm like, damn, that was some energy and I'm getting it off me. We're getting out of here. And the parties before us, people, the, a couple of ladies were, were kind of like stumbling out of there. Um, you know, you get nauseous, just different symptoms when you're in a place like that. Um, but it was, it was unusual. Um, so, but anyway, I don't know if you have any questions on it, but that was one thing we didn't plan and we ended up doing there. So the, the pendant she was carrying changed colors from the time you entered to the, as the time you exited. Uh, how I had to do it, it affected that. Yeah, it was darker. But what we did is I got alerted to it um, intuitively. And I don't just go around, okay, what do I need to clear? No, I'm going 100 miles an hour, just like I am in this podcast, just from the next thing in my life. And all of a sudden, pendant, pendant, pendant. And I'm not wearing a pendant. I'm hearing this in my head. And so I'm like, okay, finally, I slow down, look. And so I look at it, again, I'll say energetically. So it kind of pulses to me. And I was pulsing a lot more than normal. So I'm like, let me have your pendant, put it in my hands. I just hold it for a few seconds. And I've done this to um, what's called crystal tower, uh, smoky quartz tower points. And it sucks the color right out of them, turns them into clear crystal and other, other um, rocks and stones. Uh, again, this has got to be a physics thing. This is, I'm not the only one, but cleared it. And by the time I removed the added energy, uh, maybe 50% of the hue of that pendant was gone. So... I don't, I, I don't know. We need a big brain physicist to say, well, this energy did that, or I don't know. I don't know. I just know I can do those energy things. And, and that's what happened was the end result. Um, so I didn't see any entity. I don't know if I could anyway, but maybe somebody else can, you know, hanging on to the pendant. It was just straight up accumulating in my, you know, scientific, not so terms, the frequencies of the environment. Um, and again, what I do is I just flush it with love. I know it sounds cheesy, but love energy and say, and that's it. And then what's good for you stays, what's bad for you goes. And a whole hell of a lot went. I'll just put it that way. So yeah, it was, it was interesting. So like hypothetically, if, if all the color was to get removed from like any stone, would that then change the metaphysical properties of it? Like, is it then it like, does. different? I do that. We have mines nearby in Washington state called washington serpentine or or helarite it's a really pretty light green stone and we do i i didn't know this was a thing i'm doing sessions somebody and i didn't do i didn't let me back i had a piece of helarite in my office from the mine himself they gifted it to me in my hand a really nice pretty polished um i don't have really a comparison because it's a unique color and session coming up was led to pick it up didn't know beforehand this was a um, i'll just say an entity attachment on this person i'll word it that way when all was said in, and it was an entity out of alignment with them, I don't choose what's good or bad for people. It's like saying, oh, that's too spicy. I like spicy food. So I'm just saying, 
I, I don't I don't choose, you know, ooh, that's a bad entity. I'm gonna remove it. I don't get into that game. And that's big picture stuff. I make this statement, whatever's out of alignment with this individual now. Again, I, I'm I'm not, I don't choose. So when I did that, I'll just say this guy was out of a line, and I could see who it was, so I assumed it was anyway, but it doesn't matter. I still have to walk a line. So I did that when I saw that. It literally, uh, how do I say this? I don't know, vibrated in my hand. And I'm not looking at the thing. I'm just talking to the client in front of me. And this was an in-person one, but it doesn't matter. I found out or remote either way. All of it to send that, sat it down after the session that and it was, I don't know, half an hour session. Um, that rock turned like a putrid yellow color within minutes of that happening. And all the frequency, which you're saying metaphysical properties, that frequency was gone. I It heightened, because uh, I was boosting that left frequency, and it pulled so much additional frequency on the physical reality level density that it helped me remove that. So it did its job. It ended up in a river, by the way. I don't keep it in my office. So that's like a dirty sponge. It ended up in a river with love back in Oregon energy. I don't, I don't voodoo, and I'm making fun of this, voodoo, hex, it didn't do that. No, uh-uh. Just love. And then what's and I go from there. And then because I understand a lot of science, you know, it's also called orgone. But yeah, and right now to this day, I've got Peter site rings that other we got a lot of vendors and or not vendors, wholesalers, distributors, whatever, people that sell us stuff for mystical words to sell, and they'll gift you a thing once in a while. So I got a ring of Peter site. Well, I gifted him a bunch of cosmic shungite, is what it was. And long story short, Peter Sight ring in my hand, did a session, took it off. The thing was see-through. And I didn't even notice. It was Jalissa. She looked at it. She goes, what happened to your ring? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just holding up my crazy hands during a session. You know, I'm no, I don't get into the showmanship. I actually get bored of that part. Um, but that's just how it went. And then and these, I still have them in my office. Uh, nothing in this home office, I don't think. But Ms. Gore's office, I've got towers. I can remember I'm on camera up here, too. Um, with, with towers, with the color completely pulled out. What we do is I do sessions in person in a whole different office, like I said. And then you'll look around the office and see what changed. You never know. So um, yeah, stuff happens. Yeah, I love talking about rocks and learning about minerals and gems. I actually joined the local rock mineral gem club here in, in Grand Rapids area uh, this past weekend. It was half price because we went to the show and signed up there. But uh, uh, last episode, I well, no, it wasn't last episode, but Ben, you and I were having a conversation. Maybe it was. We were talking about buying a, uh, for myself, I wanted to obtain an obsidian blade. And so mm -hmm. we did a conversation about obsidian and maybe why, a, maybe why a blade and what that connotes and maybe why to state, not, not avoid it, but just be weary of what that is inviting in. But I went to this uh rock show and it just happened to come across this cute this chunk of mahogany obsidian that i grabbed so that was just synchronistic because i wasn't looking at this i just heard my wife uh, mention it she was over at another table and just picked it up and said oh look at this and i don't know if i told her about the conversation or not but yeah 20 bucks i don't know is that a good good specimen for 20 bucks there's another one right there. I've got sitting here on my desk of, uh, yeah, this would be a silver obsidian, kind of same difference, obsidian. Um, yeah, that's a decent piece <clears throat> for about that price. It's it's rough. I mean, it's just frequency. You don't even need volume, so it's not even a volume thing. You're using it as an energy tool. Right, yeah. Another rock that's uh, beneficial for grounding, apparently. And On those, 
Don't even on anybody because I get people coming in and asking, what's this, that, and the other. And often when I open the little books of this rock is good for that or the other. And a lot of these I don't know. In fact, I was told yesterday we have, and I think we're the largest in the US, 299, and you know I'm going to go get one or two more types of available polished rocks at our store, Mystical Wares. That's huge, by the way, as far as walking into a store, having rocks, energy tools, frequencies, of course, each one different to choose from. So when I was getting that, use your own, even, and I built a whole computer system telling you uh, this means this and that and the other. Don't believe me. Go pick the sucker up. See how it feels. Use your own intuition. Um, and we even put books out there where psychic or rock and mineral or Dr. So-and-so says this one's good for that. I don't care what any of these things say. I do put them out there so you can get an overall idea. But again, it's like somebody telling you this restaurant or this recipe is really good. No, it's all relative. Feel it. Think about it. Um, pick it up. But um, <clears throat> yeah, obsidian is good for grounding often. Well, Bill, the uh, tradition behind the obsidian specifically with what we, you and I have been working on with the very excellent book of magic uh it's a scrying stone wow. traditionally so um yeah just sit with that in your you know in your line of sight so to speak when you are meditating and it'll probably help facilitate a little more uh visual messaging maybe is that's a, good a way great to description ben i love that you put that that's just what i was saying too was it's their multi-tools that's one great way to use that. And it's been used that way for a long time. Yeah, that's a really good way. And it's, um, I've been trying to get my hands on a big enough chunk that it'll, um, I can, <clears throat> I don't know the proper term, but, but cleave off a piece, you know, because oftentimes it'll be very reflective and it was used early as, as a mirror and scrying in an obsidian mirror i've heard is a very powerful tool to have uh on your altar in your in your toolbox um and and using that <laughs> um well the mirror work in general is i mean hmm. i don't know if you've done much of that it'll blow your mind but, that but with, yeah with with the uh obsidian mirror i think there's something to it you know and actually, I was wrong. This one's rainbow obsidian. I just turned on my light, checked it out. And this is polished. I know you can't tell whoever's watching this on video, but polished to a fine, polished, concave. Awesome uh, scrying mirrors. Mm -hmm. I make shungite ones. Yeah, polishing is one thing, but if you can flake it off I know, yeah. in, into that, because um, that, I mean, some of the energies I work with when I when I get into that, you know, hypnotic trance state, whatever you want to, um, however you want to call it, um, are, are really tuned in into the stones. And I think there is something to, um, having that, that reflective piece be a chunk that was cleaved off with another rock, you know, and I don't know, there's something to it. I haven't, I haven't sat with it long enough. Yeah, I've got big chunks. I'll probably make one of those happen um, out of my shop at the store. Uh, some mahogany obsidian, similar to what you got there, Bill, and some other stuff. That's no, I agree with it. The more natural energy and making it and do it, every level yeah. matters. Yeah. 
what would be the difference if there is any of using like your uh, cell phone screen that's like not turned on to scry versus uh oh man i yeah. i just got an ipad which is like the highest tech shit in my life and uh it doesn't sound you know but it is what it is and shoot that thing's creepy as shit when it's turned off at night with a candle in the room like uh, there's something in there for sure I wouldn't use it. Any electronics for <laughs> Brian. No, what I actually oh, have, man. Here's one here. So what I have yeah. a bamboo coaster that I pour resin with shungite and silver in it. This is a scrying. You can see it right on the camera. So I actually, yeah, there I'm making, and these are ones I use. Um, you can make yeah. your own with shungite and silver, and that's just a bamboo coaster with resin poured in it. You've got your own scrying mirror now. And that thing is yeah. the strongest sucker I've ever used. Interesting yeah. with the resins too. I wonder. Um, resins been, are been, programmable when you're setting. That's them. what I. That's what I mean. Uh, well, um, then you better I've, put I've, it in the right. I've size. worked. I've worked with it a lot um, in in furniture making and doing other mm -hmm. other woodworking projects, and it did um, have its own energy uh, outside of of the the project itself and it added something to it so that's interesting that you're calling it programmable and i can definitely see that that's, that's why I, yeah i blend fine shungite powder and fine yeah. silver powder in the resin which is what makes it black yeah all right oh pendulum too if somebody uses pendulums which are great you hold yeah. where my video above that because your energy surface matters like if you're holding a pendulum often people hold it at their lower chakra level, not thinking that the yeah. chakra coming off matters. So I would, I, I don't know if I would discount the electronics so highly though, um, or so you'd be so quick to discount it. Um, there is, you know, an energy to itself and it's in within its own grid, right? So, um, and you, you are in charge of, of letting in what into your world you know, so to speak, by what you follow and what you consume content-wise, right? So you really can get it to be in a, uh, a representation of a reflection of your world. Um, and there you're is, opening. Remember you're there opening. is something, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> but I mean, all protections in place all the time. You know, I mean, do it's. I'm I'm just saying there is. You know, I've got my feet in the dirt as well, but there is something to the tech and and allowing that reflection um to be a teacher as well you know that the cell phones because we all consciously know they're connected they're always listening i don't care if it's siri if it's google or whatever you now knowingly and i'm not saying anybody doing i'm not telling anybody anything that'd be like saying don't eat the spicy food again i like spicy food how else do you learn what's spicy but on a known and i've used these things connection which is different than a ouija board or a, a pile of runes in your hand if you have a device with an active open connection to let's just say if you think of them as the bad guys um well then there's a whole another thing there where you're communicating a scrying metaphysically with another open end consciously with well, yeah but you i mean but you brought up the bad guys i'm not i'm saying it's a reflection of you what you follow yeah. what you consume you know be it the music be it the art be it whatever you know whatever it is that is an accurate reflection of you right so and you're in control of what you follow and what you consume so and you know i'm i'm still 
running on the program that if you see an enemy outside of yourself, that means you got something to work on inside. So, you know, it's for me, it doesn't, there is no bad guy out there. No, anytime somebody says, perspective. Yeah. Okay. So anytime they say anyone says they, I'm like, Oh God. Okay. You know, nah. just, you know, <laughs> You're go, go, go forward, go forward with, with whatever program you want to run. But, you're down here in a reality. Remember, I got a big perspective. So, like I said, me walking through that museum, I didn't walk through and invent any ghosts or goblins or bad guys. The energies are uh -oh. were there. For we're, sure. We were sharing an environment, so there are those things around here. Um, and so mm -hmm. if I'm going to scry and I have the option of not using an electronic device that has negative non-biocompatible frequencies or picking up a bamboo coaster and talking, communicating, I'm going to choose. I didn't say to choose anybody. Pick up your cell phones. I'm not worried who does that. I just don't do it because I have done those things. I am a communicator. And mm -hmm. I see it's a fuzzy channel and others listen in because I get to cheat and see. So then I have spicy food. Again, I have no judgment on this end. I'm all about everybody trying it all. Because um, once bitten, twice shy. Because I've done that stuff where I jumped in. Oh, I'm... I use the word armor, not protected, because it's a much stronger energy to come from or intention from my perspective. So when I do that, I've still had my ass handed to me. I don't care how much love and light I've had. So that's just a legit thing. So um, it's, it is what it is. I don't, I'm writing a book right now, too, where I put a bunch of these stories in describing it. Um, but no, I know what you're talking about. I mean, but also down here, we can, I mean, we can zoom out all we want perspective-wise and call all sources that and the other. Well, then you just look at it as a lesson. But then, I mean, down here, we also have to go day by day and realize these things, too. Um, I, I mean, it just depends on everybody's perspective. Really, I'm agreeing with you. It's just we're talking about it from just different, different, you know, perspectives. Yeah. It's not a level thing either. Just uh, literally not. It's not. It's, yeah. So, again, I mean, I've done the whole uh, walking in with the, the frequency where not, not a whole lot touches me. And then just, again, been knocked. There's always a bigger, badder thing or entity or energy out there is all my understanding has been. And I, I get pretty deep in the deep end. Um, I've done, mm. some, yeah. Um, and there's always a bigger energy in the room I found. Mm -hmm. and there's a, depth, a pretty big difference between day to day and then zooming out to get the big picture. But kind of synchronistically, this little encyclopedia I have, I was reading about the hematite earlier and it said that it was very good for bringing, or, you know, grounding the, the spiritual, the higher frequency stuff into the more day to day, the mundane, things that we have to deal with and to to help help keep the perspective that everything is just this love energy yeah yeah there's yeah you uh, can definitely put it. <clears throat> i yeah. do want to talk more about stones but before we get into that i want to go back to the masonic temple that was next door to this haunted place were there like tunnels underneath it or like oh i remoted in there uh <clears throat> i never know again how much um how much I've put on over the podcast or not. Um, but when, you know, Zach talks about all this, about the seances, the, and again, a seance is, it has 12 different words for it. Because if that word is used, often people apply negative understandings. It's a, so it's it's forming an energy circle, but yeah, they call them seances. And in this case, yeah, I'd say some songs out of alignment with me, or so some murders, some sacrifices, that kind of stuff. Lots of them documented, by the way, under there in that house. And that's an energy, of course. And yes, there were tunnels. They didn't, Zach doesn't know about them. Um, they're sealed off. 
to the mason that's literally next door. We're talking feet because we drove out through a wrought iron fence into that, the temples. And it's a straight up, people can Google Earth this right now. Zoom in on the thing. Look at it. Like street view. You'll see everything I'm talking about. Um, and then you see that temple, how it's set. And when I remote it down into it, which is just, uh, how do I, I don't know. I can, if, if I'm in the area, it's like stupid easy. I feel what's in there, which isn't always good, by the way. So I can remote, not just view, and I did this the military thing too, but outside remote perceive, meaning kind of pop in. So when we did it, it'd be like entering a big energy bubble for me. Yeah, I put my perspective, my perception, my metaphysical senses, I say it many ways for a reason, down as we were passing the Masonic Temple. And what I get, and I can pause any time, are quick, I don't know, one or two second videos or snapshots or pulses of energy or emotions um, as I go by of the stuff that happens there. And I can say, pause, stop, you know, get into it. And I'll just tell you, the little playlist of songs I heard was a bunch of crap and I wasn't into any of it. And I have a big background in understanding a lot of this. And I'm not saying every temple does this. Anymore. I'm not blanketing anything here. My experience four or five days ago, passing over this temple without thinking about it, going, oh my God, because I didn't know it was a Mason lot. We were driving over after I felt this. And then, oh, that's the other part. The taxi driver, he was chatting with us at the time saying, well, I'd be more scared of this place. And I'm like, what are you talking about? We're in a parking lot. And then I glance up and see the whole uh, Mason symbol on the thing as I'm already perceiving it. So remember, it's like me <laughs> stepping in something, not seeing it first and then knowing and then having to come back around. So that's kind of how it went for me. And, you know, it was all just horrific stuff you've all heard in movies or on YouTube videos that happened under that specific temple. And I'm not a big guy to pull punches because if I'm asked, I'll tell anybody because I assume I perceived it to say something about it if I'm asked. That's why I'm not too shy about this. But I'll tell you, I didn't walk in there and say, well, I'm going to turn, I'm a country guy, I'm going to blast my country music and blast all your stuff away because I'm this, that, and the other. I'm not a fool. I've been there, done that with stuff in Germany when I was in the military. Yeah, so um, I was just say there's always more to the story. Yeah. But, yeah. It, so this was in Vegas, right? The, the temple was in Vegas? Yeah, right in downtown. Uh, I forget. Something. Yeah, right next door to Zach Bagan with a B, haunted mansion. And yes, down, downtown, old downtown Las Vegas. Yeah, my uh, the the temple that I joined back home was an old building in the downtown of the city, and I didn't do a whole lot of research into other temples or places before before i submitted my petition to that particular one but come to find out that's pretty it's really important that you do that because the the character of the men in that lodge will make up your experience and if you're going to pursue uh, my advice would be if anybody's looking into this if you want to pursue that path go and like uh you know talk to these guys and have dinner with them first before jumping in uh because maybe the lodge isn't uh well functioning or or you know is falling apart because people aren't you know uh, there's not enough people there to do anything anymore right so that was that was kind of my experience but uh yeah it, it all i know because there's a lot of stories of you know nasty things happening in these places i know i didn't have that experience thank god and uh yeah i would just you know caution people that because even after i got involved i started you know still doing research and stuff and you could come across stories of just horrible abuse abuses happening in clandestine lodges that but you know it's not good for anybody so yeah um 
I don't know. Is there anything? I don't really know where else to go with that other than. I was done a Mason thing anyway. That was really about the. Uh, no, my whole family's all past that stuff. I get, that's for another podcast, probably. Um, so, uh, no, it was more of the haunted thing. It was just legit. And it was interesting from, again, my woo woo perspective on how many legit items he had in there. Um, pick your serial killer. He had their items or parts of their actual bodies in there, this, that. I mean, all of it it was it was legit stuff if you're into all that again we didn't go there looking for this it was just there thrown in front of us and, and that's how we ended up there and there was kind of led to do it um but yeah so it was and then it was probably for the video because i guess we're gonna be chatting with them i don't know um because that sucker lit up that that i call it a ghost box it's called other things and i have a bunch of these things too like i said some jump over radio frequencies but this was a static one um so there are a couple chit chatty entities that day that wanted to be on the show. Well, let's move on to new business. I know that I have plenty of stories to share. Uh, ben mentioned that he had something specifically for the new business. I don't know if you wanted to say anything about that first. Um. Well, not. I've got a. I've got a fun project coming up. Um. I think last episode I said I quit my job, um, which was uh, a fun experiment, I guess, re-entering the matrix, so to speak. Um, good, good data sampling. I met a lot of good people uh, while I was there. Had some fun, but I will be uh, working with a, a few guys again this spring to put in boat docks around the lake I'm living on right now. I worked with them last fall, pulling them all out. And it's a very labor intensive, uh, physically demanding job. These planks are, you know, uh, two by 12, 16 feet long. Um, Douglas fir, they come out at the mill about 90 pounds a piece and there's, you know, 40 or 50 or 60 of them on, on the dock, depending on the dock size. And, uh, I found myself really finding a uh, meditative flow within that work last fall as well. And it allowed me to, uh, I don't know, uh, sort of deconstruct a lot of thought patterns and, uh, for lack of a better term, shitty ideas that I had at the time and, uh, yeah. And as I was deconstructing these, these boat docks, I was deconstructing, um, aspects of self and, and other things. And so I'm going to take the opportunity this spring to reconstruct, you know, as we put them back out and build new, uh, going into the new year, astrologically new year, new year. Um, and so that'll start up, well, sort of up to the lake at this point. It's still covered in ice. It's getting thinner every day. But uh, that's going to start up real soon. And I'm, I'm pretty excited to, to work with that whole idea and, and see if I can surf those energies into uh, bigger and better, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. I remember when you had that gig for a little bit last year and you seemed to really enjoy it. So I'm happy mm -hmm. that you found something. And that kind of what you said kind of ties into uh, um, this little excerpt. I do. I, I finished 
the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz since our mm-hmm. last recording. It's not a very long book. It's short, super easy to read. I would highly recommend it for anybody. Um, I think I'll be referring back to this one the next few episodes just because there's some really basic good ideas that don't take a lot of time to cover. But I almost want, I'm going to do this in reverse too, like the reverse of the how the book was written because to me it just makes more sense for some reason. But at the end, and we'll get into it later, but he's he's talking about uh, unlearning everything and then imagining uh, a new like how you want to how how would you like things to be like your in your, your manifestation right so that's cool that uh it just tied in to what i had kind of picked out yeah it's it's funny i love that book i read it um try and read it once a year but i've kind of realized i slacked off and so i've started listening to it now while i'm doing yoga in the mo- uh, yoga while i'm stretching uh in the morning and uh I found it really interesting. That's a really interesting way to to absorb the information too while you're working out some kinks, you know. So that'll be a fun discussion. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. I struggle. I don't know why I struggle with audiobooks because it, my mind. Why do you you have to sit unless you're doing something? Like I can't just sit there and then concentrate without like taking notes or something because my mind will wander. I'm better off just like reading it or I don't know. Maybe if I'm trying to get through it, I'll put it on like times two speed. I do that for YouTube videos sometimes. But um, anyway, <laughs> um, this is, real quickly. This is the uh, I guess we've tra- officially officially transitioned into the second aspect of of the show. The first for any new listeners here, which is kind of everybody. Uh, the first part we we talk about gratitudes, uh, just to 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 get the heart and brain coherence going. Uh, Adam and I had started this kind of tradition on, on the intros for Thirteen Questions podcast. So the first section we have the gratitude, and then I guess the second section is uh, a new business, is what I'm calling it today. <laughs> and it's just anything that exciting, weird, interesting that happened since the last recording that maybe inspired awe or a different perspective or uh, closer connection to to God, if you will. Uh, and then the, the third aspect or the third section uh, is what. Uh, we, we focus on to build confidence. That's, that'll be the ins- the inspiration, hopefully. Right, that's the idea, anyway. But uh, yeah, we're new business. Uh, Bootsy, did you have any 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 weird or awe inspiring moments since the last our last meeting? I will say that I have had a cascade of synchronicities sort of seem to land in my lap. You know, I've been working really hard on processes and how i could serve and uh i will just say you know i i know i'm being a little bit vague it's just because i don't want to share too much about the specifics of the project but i just will say this when you serve the muse it uh she will serve you and i've been doing a lot of projects locally and connecting just with some new people in a couple of different uh capacities and it's kind of cool how it's starting to bleed over it's nice to be active in like locally in a community as well because it was cool when the pandemic happened kind of because with the internet the way that it was we kind of came together more in a sense started to meet each other a lot of people i would consider to be of the same mind or community right like open to similar ideas and interpretations and now there's kind of been this expansion like back out into the real world and it's been good to connect with people you know in a physical way again um so that and then 
yeah, I think I think there's some really cool opportunities that are happening, projects that I'm putting into place uh, that could, I, 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 yeah, I mean, could potentially have more of an impact and be even different than what I think they're going to be. You know what I mean? You get involved and it starts to evolve and things like that. So, uh, but just uh, just working really hard on connecting the community, serving uh, serving the people, like that whole idea of outer intention in that transurfing book. If you can find, it's the same idea as the invisible hand of the market, right? Like if you can find something that people want and help them get that thing, right? Like, I mean, you're, you're helping everybody out. You're creating win-wins and uh, I see a lot of potential right now. So I'm excited. Uh, and um, yeah, I'll definitely share my, my results, you know, my methodology, what, what strategies that uh, we're implementing and learning because it's all it's all about growth but um yeah i'm just i've been working really hard on a couple of different uh accounts in the community that, that are linking things together and then as well my own business uh, in addition to that so i'm excited uh to report finally you know kind of getting some momentum and some traction being able to do a little bit more marketing and stuff like that um, and being able to really start to get into a creative role more, which is nice, instead of being sort of beneath the wheel, you know, how you can just be constantly doing all the things, right? And you're just like, am I ever going to get the chance, you know, to get out of having to juggle all of these plates in order to, you know, really have a perspective on things? And, and uh, yeah, it's been really cool. I'm excited. Uh, so lots of new cool things are happening with that. That'd be my new business. Um, and, uh, yeah, other than that, I don't think I have anything, I, you know, apologies to be so vague, but I will share as, you know, as I learn more about how, how things are growing and, and what the really impactful things seemed to be, you know, really it's serving the community, you know, and, uh, and good things, good things I think do follow. Lots, lots of good stuff there. That is, sounds amazing. I'm looking forward to updates. Keep us informed for sure. Um, Derek, do I know we just talked a bunch about uh, your trip to Vegas. Was there anything other, other new that you wanted to update us on regarding the store or anything along those lines? Otherwise, I do have, uh, I'll go into my spiel and it kind of has a, a question that maybe you can help me out with. Uh, no, other than and we can jump to that is just that I am um, going to start some new local Shanghai beehives here soon. So I'll have some updates on that for people. We're starting a bunch of new beehives and, uh, and I'll be doing and I'll talk more in that in the future too. some traveling on setting up those beehives in other places. But I'm excited about that. Having some more Shanghai beehives locally, which are for those that maybe are hearing for the first time are treatment free or organic beehives we use Shanghai with. Um, and it's they're they're fantastically healthy beehives with no colony collapse disorder. So yeah, I'll just give updates as that happens. I'm gonna build several new hives here in the coming months. Now, if somebody wanted to buy a, a nuke, I think is what they call it, is that something that you would mail to them? Like a, a um, I wouldn't. You'd want to buy a local one. It is a nook, and it's spelled N-U-C. Basically, it's a half a beehive, so it comes with five frames of brood and or honey with three pounds of bees around it. And you drop that in a bigger hive with five empty frames, and that's how you start a beehive. Often, so you want local, you want your local honey or local bees, and then 
typically it doesn't have to be but they're usually hardier because some people you know live in the cold the desert so i mean if you can somewhat local but often a lot of them come from california now and i know the beekeepers who run the almond fields down there they have some shungai beehives um but they still use chemicals so but yeah if you can get them local but no i mean don't let that stop you because they'll they'll expand from there as the the brood starts you know being born they they they, they change pretty rapidly so beekeeping is actually something that comes up quite frequently in this news feed I follow on Telegram. And I, I saw a little blurb on there recently about Russian honeybees and apparently how they're more resilient. I don't know if they produce more honey or not, but because like you mentioned, like the cold weather, I guess they're more hardy that way. Do you know anything specifically about the Russian breed of honeybee by chance? Yeah, I've had Russians. Yeah, Russians are the ones I use and you can get those. So you, you can get Carniolans, you can get Italians, you can get, there's all types of, breeds of bees and i do like the russian ones um but it really depends on the beekeeper if they stay hands off because the bees know what the heck they're doing you don't need to go and open their beehive every other day and go cram chemicals in there they've been around a while a lot longer than us so knowing that going at it that way they flourish well so yeah the russians are good and throw a couple shungite nuggets down there put some shungite paint on the hive to like think faraday cage with that beehive they're gonna be a whole heck of a lot better off um I was just sent, can't talk about this one too much, but another some TV show contacted me recently and they want me to give them some of the videos. And I actually found four of them today from 2016 up four years from there of me recording the, putting the nuggets on the beehives, on the bees. And I don't train bees. I don't think that's a thing. And they run over to the shungite and ground and earth on it. So I actually have progressive years of that. I didn't know I had until a couple hours ago. Awesome. Yeah, that's uh, my... We have a, a a garden patch out front. I live in the forest in the hills, and so we we're doing a pollinator garden this year instead of a food garden. We we might do food on the driveway, just in you know uh, beds or whatever with dirt put in them. But uh, there's a, without a fence here. Like if it's not close to the house, the deer will eat it, or we've got moles and not too many rabbits because we have a lot of bird of prey. Um, which kind of ties into my story later because we saw. We didn't see, we heard two owls outside our window the other night, but I'm getting, getting off track here. But we're doing a pollinator garden this year for bees instead of food because hopefully it'll be easier to maintain. So just a bunch of local sort of wildflower seeds put out there for the bees. Nice. That's perfect. Yeah. But uh, that was not my new business. Um, I already mentioned it kind of was I went back to this rock show that... Uh, is put on on the south side of town, not in the best uh, part of town, and that is comes back into the story later. But I ran into my friend that I met last year there, and Adam's not here, so he can't attest to this, but uh, I, I talked about going to the show last year, and I met uh, Fabric of the Universe is his Instagram handle, so I'll just put that out there right now. Definitely go and follow him, but he's, what, he's a vendor there, right? Excuse me. He's a vendor, and uh, he makes art. He used to have this huge exhibit at um, the music festival in Chicago called Electric Forest, I believe. And he he would design this these huge like it was uh, Prince tents tents like you know Prince the performers. So you got the the, the purple there going on and the weird sign and whatnot. But uh, he uh, I wanted last okay. So last year I'll show you what I got last year. And Derek, we've already talked about this in private, but. He goes down to uh, Mexico, uh, Ojuelos, and digs these these things 
find these things find people they find him there's these little trinkets that pop out of the ground this is just one example that i made into a necklace with moldavite here but uh, my wife has a bigger one that's got different designs on it all of them are are alien themed and they show ufos they show like actual carvings of the ufo with alien faces on it and uh saturn is a big motif in this uh art collection but uh there's there's rings i saw a knife that he had uh there's even little itty itty bitty tiny like grains of rice sized like baby dolls carved within these things just pop out of the anthills the ants are bringing these things up out of the ground in mexico so he's made friends with the uh, uh an older gentleman down there who's been doing this, finding these artifacts in his family for, for generations. And they've been, you know, they're not, not keeping it from the government. The government, is, the Mexican government is refusing to acknowledge them as old, as anything ancient, even though they're being dug out of the ground, right? Uh, simply because they, they're depicting UFOs on them. And, well, obviously that can't be, I mean, UFOs aren't real, so these things can't be real, right? So how can the government acknowledge that anyway um yeah the the alien carvings actually anthony wanted to uh, set up a podcast interview i told him about coronet chronicles uh, i didn't interview him for 13 questions um he he did suggest two other of his friends who are more well-spoken than he is to come on the show and talk more about these things uh, which i would love to do um i just connected with him on instagram over the weekend so uh, we're still kind of working out the details on that because the, the show lasted until well, it was a Saturday, but yeah, I'm sure he's busy at the moment. But uh, we'll get that set up in the future. But Derek, um, just by looking at these things, and I don't know if you remember us talking about it before. Like, can you? Uh, the Mexican government isn't, you know, officially acknowledging these things. This is a good thing, right? Because in my opinion, these are these are authentic. And the art and the craftsmanship, it looks like these are like laser, laser etched carvings. And it's just, it's, it blows my mind that I'm able to, to, to have one of these things. Yeah. <clears throat> no, and while you were chatting, I went on his Instagram account and looked at some other examples he has. Um, other items like this in history have, in this case, literally come to the surface or be found. And sometime, I don't know, a couple decades ago, they were little black spears peppered around the globe. Some of you may remember that. These items are, they're, they're being drawn to the frequency that's being held up here. So there's lots of ways of describing that. So as, as more humans, you know, we like to use the terms advance and evolve, hold frequency, um, use more chakras, certain, and trees will do it too. Actually, their seeds will evolve. Um, those things that are programmed with that same energy will be drawn to the surface and that can be dug up that can they'll be pushed up sometimes just on their own or i don't care if an ant got involved and drug up a, a small piece doesn't matter how it happens but they're going to be brought up and they're whole they're like some people call them grid markers or frequency descent so yeah and then also remember you're talking to me so when somebody says et well what does that mean we're all kind of ets i mean depends on your perspective everything's that um so those are from a race i don't know how what the term would be but over twelve and a half thousand years ago that put different ones in said they have those things come up so they're space holders or energy holders 
And as more of those things are found and dug up and passed around, they'll find the people that need them. Um, so it's kind of like a song being added to your playlist of energies. So then you're, you can then hold that frequency. And that's what I do too. When I do my imaginary C60 molecules or buckyballs or octahedrons or pick your shape because they're all energy containers, depending on what you're trying to do. Um, but then you can do different things with them. But yeah, I mean, you asked me what direction you want to go or let me know what direction you want to go. Yeah. But they're, they've been round spheres before. I think it was like 10 years ago. Maybe you guys know what I'm talking about. They were found on the beaches and everybody thought the um, other, again, I'm, some others put them there. It's, so go ahead and ask whatever. Um, but they're interesting. I've not seen them before. Those ones, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Um, what, okay. So a race. If, knives. If you, huh? There's going to be knives found. Knives. They're going to find knives. Oh, yeah. I saw one. The other. Oh, okay. He had there's one. Gonna be, there's going to be more. I'm just cheating here. Uh, yeah. I, whatever side I'm looking, I don't know if my screen's reversed, but it's to my right is when I'm cheating. There's a wall here for those that are watching this on video. That's where a lot of my sight comes in. And I don't know why. Again, we got to find that big old scientist that's brighter than me. Uh, you don't have to be a scientist to be brighter than me, by the way. Um, but it does happen over here. And so I'm, I'm kind of, when you see me looking off, I'm not getting distracted. So I'm chatting with somebody who's showing me those things. There's bowls. There's some that look, there's all kinds of them. And yeah. they're, they're, so yeah, that's interesting. Some of them are pretty interesting. I've seen like altars, like whole tables full of these. They kind of open up too. Some of them open up. They react through UV light also as well. Yeah. yeah. But so, okay, uh, a race. If uh, a location in which this these entities would exist, if you could look up at the stars and like pick out a constellation, is that something that you could, is that a, is that a thing? Or is it more uh, interdimensional and not spatial, even though those are, I mean, space and time don't exist as we know. But like... um, what they were were things that were built when there it was a group of humans call it back then a race that were transplanted this happens lots of times by the way um from another race brought down and then those were instilled with the frequency or again i like the word frequency because i'm a geek um or or the energies again what a vague word and i have to use it so when they're around you it's like um psychometry they call it psychometry um, also, that's another way of looking at it. Touch a book, touch grandma's jewelry, blah, blah, blah. It's energy. Everything has a bio field, and that doesn't mean biology. It just has an energy field, so it doesn't have to be alive. So these widgets, and I don't mean that in a bad way because everything in my store is a widget, um, have those frequencies that were programmed, and they were, and it was in and Darians and Darians. I don't know. I don't know names of ETs because again, I follow no podcast. I listen to nobody, not because they don't know. I'm just too busy. I wish I had time to listen because then I'd get a larger understanding. Um, so, but in so, so that's how it was. It's not an ET race didn't come down here. Barium, they were dropping off some, uh, what, uh, I don't know, migrating, call it whatever. So that's what it was. They're not around anymore. The, that race, whatever. They're at least not like I see them because they have longer heads. So is because uh, this reminds me of okay. So the the Four Agreements is a Toltec wisdom book, and the Toltecs were or in in South America or or my Central America, um, which are I don't know if they're precursors to I think they're precursors to Aztecs. I'm not sure about Olmecs, but the Olmecs were known for those giant carvings of the stone heads found in the middle of of jungles. But uh, so there's 
I've heard of a version of history where the Mayans actually were able to advance so far consciously that they just kind of they they phased out of existence oh. here on on Earth. Is that is it kind of like what happened to the the people that left this jewelry behind then? No, those people died. They were just straight up just died in many ways. The, the Mayans are are what, again what we used to call an ET race anyway. Um, and they didn't just pop out of existence. Um, and some people say ships came and got them. Um, it's every loosely twelve thousand five hundred ish years. Um, there's resets of the Earth's playlist of cycles or energy starts again. So certain groups can dance to those tunes and hang around. Other ones can't. This is a tough thing to talk about because we don't have the words for it. I don't have that big old word to describe it a certain way. Well, so go ahead, Ben. If I can jump in, yeah, because uh, I've worked with some of these uh, oh, so you energies or, or entities, if you want to call it that. Um, but it is really just a, a perceptive uh, conundrum, right? Because, <laughs> I mean, saying they died, sure. Um, you know, there's been there's been plenty of, of races and tribes that disappeared from the timeline. And my understanding of it through working, working with these energies is that they achieve a frequency that is no longer perceptible to regular 3D earthly, earthly, not earthling, but earthly day to day, right? They're still around like everything else, but that just simply saying, simply saying they died might. It's, there's a big you know, picture. Yeah. Yeah. They, right. That vehicle so, outgrew. Yeah. Exactly. So that's just the way I understand it. Um, and they and they often can come back in um to be perceived. Um, not just not just by people like me and Derek, right? Um, but it does take so much. Uh, it's it's so energetic to lower your frequency back down to be able to be perceived by these these uh you know the normal frequencies we're used to let's say that um that but they are yeah interdimensional is a good way to look at it i guess right um it's an easy way to to comprehend it for um lowly humans is it kind of uh, like because I know you're familiar with the Celestine prophecy, Ben. I don't know if you remember at the end of that book where they were talking about being in such a frequency where the the bad guys couldn't see them, essentially. Yeah. When the exactly the yeah. So is it exactly like that? Then was that a good example, at least? Yeah. And and I guess it's like I'm. I don't I don't know the the right physics term, you know, but it is. You're just no longer within that that timeline, right? Where the, the storyline that's playing out is still perceptible to some, but you're, you're experiencing an entirely different reality too. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm still, I'm still coming into this um, since the session with Derek, you know, where, where my site really started getting focused in. Um, so I'm still working through a lot of it, but um, that, that Celestine prophecy analogy is a, is a good one to to be at yeah so this would this would these entities uh be a breakaway what how would they how would they be different from a, what would be called like a breakaway civilization like a 
like some humans that uh, were able to have advanced tech and then they developed off planet somewhere and we have no contact with them. Like, is that well? It's not, it's not, that's what I mean. It's not off planet. I mean, it might be, you know, but it's just, it goes back to the reality is stranger than we can think, right? Like, there's, there's so much more going on in the background. And that's what I'm now realizing with, I mean, that side upgrade, Derek, like I said, it wasn't, I'm getting a picture in picture of, other timelines while still experiencing this one and knowing that part of my essence has bi-located into an into either another location within this physical reality or another um dimension altogether like it's gotten so wild i i really do need to to sit with it more and and write it out so i can get the the proper language but um it's all there all the time right so i don't know if it, it's happening off planet or just in a room you don't have a key to right. you know yeah. i'll tell you i like to describe it sometimes like video on demand so you can get into netflix choose anything you want anytime it's what you're thinking of or where your perception is um mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's all playing at once. You can watch season one or season fifteen of whatever the heck, whatever episode and whatever part in it where your focus is, because of course time doesn't exist. Yeah, that <laughs> so uh we will I think have uh, those two gentlemen that Fabric of the Universe knows on. Maybe maybe uh, Anthony will come on too, but just so I wanted to prime that for later, um, because they know way more about this stuff than i can articulate um there is a book out there that i bought i haven't gone through it yet though um anyway uh breakaway civilizations uh extraterrestrials to uh to make this sound not so uh, far-fetched to some of our i don't know more other listeners that aren't as used to talking about this stuff um i did come across an interesting uh, allegedly declassified document recently on on the interwebs it was written by robert oppenheimer and albert einstein uh, oppenheimer is the man who uh, developed the a-bomb and we all know who uh, einstein is uh, but it is i put the link to the pdf in the chat maybe i'll include it in the show notes i don't know if i can link a pdf in the show notes i guess we'll find out but it's dated june 1947 and the the uh, relationship is it's labeled as top secret at the top and it says relationships with inhabitants of celestial bodies and they go on to call these things uh extraterrestrial biological entities i believe um and they go into uh, pretty mundane drab stuff about well how are we going to make this uh fit into international law and the un really doesn't have oversight here and and all this stuff but uh they do postulate of uh, beings inhabited um, on the moon or Mars or um, what that would look like if people wanted to to colonize that and what would happen if people were already there. I guess there's some very old Latin phrases uh, regarding uh, res nullis and uh, uh, res communis, if the land is occupied and if it's prime for colonization or not. So. Um, just to put a little dose of reality on this stuff for 
some of the listeners like this is not anything that uh is new <laughs> it's been a been in this stuff's been talked about for a long time and uh just name dropping oppenheimer neinstein even though we we talked about dr pop last time and uh dr pop and einstein i believe have uh diametrically or uh, not, maybe not diametrically opposed but a different views when it comes to uh classical uh what was it physics and, and how the observer creates reality as opposed to uh, us being independent of creation which is kind of absurd in my opinion but uh i don't know if you guys wanted to read that or, or whatever at your own leisure it's really wasn't that, it's only six pages long it's not that interesting but uh just to, I just wanted to include that to to make 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 this a little bit more real for everybody, I guess, because we are going to have more conversations on the uh, the alien quote unquote aspect in the future. And yeah, all this galactic stuff is new for me as well. My first exposure to it was actually uh, outside of talking to Derek was when I got a reading from our mutual friend Janine, um, and I hope to get her on the show soon as well i know i keep saying that we've only just begun it's only the third episode um but i don't know another piece i bought yesterday i wanted to share just because i think it's super cool say so real quickly bill i told you too uh, oh go ahead no, no i was just going to show you this cute yeah piece of uh, cele- uh not celestite uh calcite it's dipped in some kind of acid to get it the the smooth oh. look it kind of looks like a cactus and that's what the other side looks like. And he gave me, Anthony gave me this little green alien guy. Oh, yeah. Ah, funny. <laughs> yeah, we stuck him in there. Um, but this is, he, he has these to show people as an example of what something manufactured in China looks like. Because this is made in China, the little green alien guy. Mm-hmm. To juxtapose that with the uh, stuff coming out of Abuelos. so Because a lot of people... Like he has these stuff on the stuff on display for shows and whatnot, and a lot of them, a lot of people don't don't pay too much attention to it because they think it's fake, right, or made in China or whatnot, right? So, yeah, you got to be careful though, because a lot of that stuff is, of course, even some of my uh, wholesalers give me the the not just opalite, but a lot of other ones now that they grind like malachite. It's hard to get real, um, and I'm I'm gonna keep going on and on, but a lot of the mines were flooded in India this last couple of years. So a lot of these rocks and minerals are going to be really hard to find. And that's not put out publicly yet. Cause what, there's not like a, a spot on the internet you go to, to find, you know, all the answers to rocks and gems. Um, but I have been finding that out that there it's being a lot of stuff's going to disappear here. Um, I'm trying to give some examples. There's some kind of, it's a pink calcite that fluoresces when you put a UV light on it or a black light. Um, I forget the name of that, but anyway, a lot of those are going away. So it will be harder to find. Yeah, those are nice pieces though those are programmable a lot of calcium it's like a dolomite calcium magnesium and zinc in that thing where whether it's uh um, you know from the top or bottom depends but anyway um yeah, those are interesting yeah he didn't know what type of acid it was dipped in Do, are you familiar with that process at all it's not like polishing but it gives it kind of like a smooth polished like I'm not, i don't do it i've heard of it but no i'm not familiar with it um, there's different types of acid you can dip separate, certain crystals in to clean them off. I like keeping everything as natural as possible, um, so I don't do it. But that doesn't mean that something I don't get shipments in of stuff that they have done that to. Like almost any fluoride you buy nowadays is fake, and everybody's selling it everywhere. And it's um, fluoride, the stone or the mineral. It's most of it's fake now. Um, 
but yeah, no, I'm not. I don't do the acid dips myself, and not that familiar with them. Oh, it was the first. I didn't even know that was a thing until I bought that piece, and I really i bought I bought it. I bought it. I bought it just because I wanted to support Anthony. Really, yeah. um, so we didn't yeah. have thirteen questions, but I did give him a shout out. Um, what was I going to go next? Oh yeah, uh, back to I was going to finish uh, my my rock story. I did mention that it was in a, a not that great a part of town. So uh, to finish that, uh, we we went out for tacos afterwards. And we're standing outside of the taco place after we're done having a cigarette. And we're approached by a, a gentleman off the street in, in ragged clothing. And he's very nice. And he says, you know, excuse me. And offers, you know, we shake hands. And we introduce, you know, asks our names. And we exchange names and whatnot. And he wants a cigarette. So, of course, we give him give him a cigarette. And then he wants to use uh, a phone to call his grandma, who's been worried about him apparently for a number of days. And conversation goes on and on i learned that he was born in aries an aries baby and uh he he wanted to to sell me uh some some weed apparently he offered he offered drugs which is kind of odd because it's recreational here in michigan but he pulled some out and set it on the car on the car hood because we're standing by our car and we kept talking and then he pulled out his earring gave me his earring to hold for a little bit while he was talking about his i don't know where we're at this point so i'm holding this earring for a little bit finally managed to give it back to him and uh ellie's my wife my wife is doing something with her her purse and she drops uh, a, a little bag that anthony actually gave us from the show of these little grape agate nodules and she says oh i dropped my rocks and so our, our friend that we just met in the parking lot thinks that we have coke or crack or whatever and wants to to, to to have a good time so i have to explain to him no it's actual rocks but the way i said it in my inflection i guess made him think that we were gonna party or whatever right so that was kind of a, an interesting thing to negotiate our way out of because he wanted to ride home or, or somewhere across the bridge and he asked us where we were from and i said you know i said this town which is down the road from where we live i mean it's not exactly where we live but i mean it was an hour out of town out of, out of, out of the way so there was no way that was going to happen but what finally what i thought was interesting was what finally got him to to um depart was that after asking for a ride ellie my wife she just says well no i believe in you you can do that it's just across the bridge here like wherever he wanted to go so it was like that sense that he just uh getting like, hearing somebody say i believe in you like made him happy right or, or, or got us to leave us alone anyway at least but uh and then he walks away, and then uh, he starts he starts yelling at other people in the parking lot, so to get out of our way, so we can back our, our car out and, and and leave. So he starts directing traffic for us uh, afterwards. So that was a very fun adventure. Um, I know nothing happens by chance, but that seemed pretty freaking random. I don't know if, if, if Derek, if you have any insights on mr uh, parking lot man is that just uh did he this is a tough line often okay did he mention any he wouldn't have probably he people in that state are often diagnosed with what they call schizophrenia so but and what i and i so i don't know if he admitted that or not but from my perspective i see entities there so they're actually talking to people so, and that's usually not something you need a chemical to knock down. It's an energy thing. 
but he had a friend with him that was chatting with him in his head. And again, I don't know how much of that he acknowledged during the conversation, if anything. Uh, his was so strong, it's hard to hide. So I'd be surprised because he's still here. So you've got, he'd call it a guide. It's again, if it was a doctor thing. So if you can't control the voices too much, if it's because usually there's an energy, I'll just say issue, because that's a big can of worms to open. Sometimes the communication just comes through. And then, you know, again, down here, they'll, dub it a term like schizophrenia but again that's just somebody chatting with somebody that's another entity they're disincarnate they're not in the body it doesn't mean they're not there um and there's things you can do about that uh well go ahead and i've i've worked with a lot of of homeless and Mm quote-unquote schizophrenic right um and what ellie did with that little bit of encouragement was enough for his um for 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 a healing to take place and a and a hole in his soul essence to close back up um enough that you know the extra energy doesn't get through as much so then all of a sudden he instead of needing things from you he wanted to do things for you yeah. is how i read that that's a good description because, yeah, and sometimes somebody's saying, oh, it was an energy attachment, blah, blah, blah. I always avoid certain words. So I actually like how you described that. So, yes, it made his biofield or aura hole, so there's less interference, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, that's a, I'm going to have to kind of work with that one in my head, Ben, because um, I like it, how you're describing that. Because yeah. sometimes I have to come in, and I can always follow and say, yeah, he had an energy. Uh, it was actually an entity. Some would say entity attachment. But if I start saying that, then the person thinks, there's this thing on me and I can't get rid of it and blah, blah, blah. So I don't like to describe yeah. it. Yeah. That way. Well, and that's, that's why it's more than a clearing, right? I mean, you gotta, Correct. you gotta have the healing, the healing. Uh, tied into it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Whether, whether it's a person or a space or a tree or whatever it is. Right. I mean, you need to, uh, it's a, it's a full circle, so to speak. So you're, you're clearing and uh, filling back in. whatever was whatever was there yeah and that's what that's what you and ellie did as a team seems like bill yeah i was and i mean you had you had your just come out of a very high vibe uh place with a bunch of crystals in your pockets and like ready to go so seemed like opportune timing the universe took advantage right yeah the stones she dropped what did ellie drop on the ground Grape, grape agate, like little balls. Grape agate, yeah. Like a little tiny. It was just a little, like a little. I know grape agate is. Yeah. So and and yeah, those those hitting the ground released a little bit of energy that then helped clear that that auric field and probably swept up, you know, whatever negative energy was was attached to him, uh, so to speak. And yeah, that little bit of encouragement was all the healing he needed. It's funny how little it takes sometimes. We also had a couple of fluorite, like um, tetrahedrons, like diamond 3D, like cubes thingies. Those were in our pockets too. Okay, well, those are programmable. So, like I mentioned that story earlier, you can clear them whatever way you understand clearing. There's lots of ways to make bread, um, but I w- it's a it's a a crystal is a, of course, an energy sponge of one degree or another. Didn't say it was dirty, but it is. So I always keep my sponge clean. Um, so it's <laughs> something to think about. Yeah. 
toss them in a box with some Himalayan salt for a day or two. They'll be fine. Yeah, salt does well, actually. Yeah, Shungite does. I mean, yeah, I said there's lots of ways to do that. It's like, you know, saying how to relax. Well, for some people, you're going to light up a joint. For some people, you're going to have a drink. Some people want to hug a tree. Who knows? There's a lot of ways, just like clearing. So whatever you're led to do, just like on mm -hmm. the rocks we talked about earlier, pick up whatever rock you're, and there goes my ear again, whatever rock you're meant to pick up, you'll just be led to it. Speaking of clearing, Derek, I did buy some of those coasters that we were talking about earlier that you you held up uh, for for scrying. I didn't use it for scrying, but I, what I'm using it for is setting my my supplements, my vitamins, on top of the, the Shungai coaster, so it'll structure. Yeah, there's little toroidal fields going off of those things, little energy fields. So then you can put whatever you want on it, be a quartz crystal cluster, which is what I do as well, or same thing, little jar of honey. Um, yeah, and that's science, by the way. That's a physics thing. You can take, of course, it's homeopathy if you take a glass of water, but it has been scientifically proven dozens of times. You can take a steak, a vegan salad, a Big Mac meal. I don't care what the thing is. Get excited, emotional about it, appreciate it, and it will structure to you energetically. And then if there's nutrients in it, probably not the Big Mac meal, but the other things, well, then those are going to align with you. And again, that's just science. Not that you guys need to hear the science part of it. And you already know it anyway. But I'm just saying, it has literally been scientifically proven, regardless of what it is. And you don't have to be in a magic yoga pose for it to happen. You just have to think about it and appreciate it. And I'm not dissing yoga. Yoga's awesome. I'm probably the worst person at it. But I'm just saying it's your intention and thoughts that really matter on it. So, um, no, that's great. You can use it for lots of things, those coasters. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up new business. Section, unless anybody has any anything else they want to add, we can move on to the. What, what well, go ahead. I mean, when I when I spoke first about uh, the new project I'm working on, that's it was kind of a personal thing. One thing I've noticed, sort of collectively, is that there has been a shitload of clearing energy just out and about and in the field. So people are um, really taking advantage of the energies of this spring it seems like and cleaning out a lot of cobwebs um there've just been you know it it seems like with the added attention i guess to having a, a cleaner energetic field that that is kind of roaming the zeitgeist um and people are more interactive with the energies it seems um it's what i noticed with that with that regular punch in the clock job i had was that there was a lot of talk you know just out amongst the uh the public about a lot of higher-minded metaphysical ideas so it's um you can really feel it and see it and to me anyway um see the impact it's having on society as it's everything else is crumbling there's there's new things building as well yeah it, i like that you mentioned that because it reminds me of another interaction i had this weekend with another one of the vendors at the the show he decided that somebody i, I guess um, somebody else who is uh, um, maybe challenged mentally like our parking lot friend i don't i'm not sure but he uh, a very nice gentleman um said that he he wasn't 
uh, very sociable lately because he had lost his best friend. His best friend had passed away. So he was telling us about this memorial that he put up for his friend and how he only had enough energy to set it up and couldn't stay and had to leave. And he came back to, to tear it down. And this hat that he had left there got rained on. And so it shrunk and he couldn't wear it at the at the show to, to vend rocks because uh, to, he sold more rocks when he wore the hat last year, apparently. And uh, he was making these um, waffle necklaces like waffles cut up and dipped in resin with like little um, like cinnamon sticks in there or chocolates or, or whatever. So he was selling those for like 20 bucks a pop, which was another interesting uh, uh, interaction just because I don't, I don't know. He just felt like he was offloading because he, he um, he's from Ohio and doesn't get out much, like he said, and interact very much. So he just felt like he had a lot to get off his chest and, so we sat there and talked to him for like a half hour, which you know was fine because we're we were there just to hang out anyway. But it was another interesting, like clearing. Almost it felt like he was just you know getting stuff off. Urging, yeah, yeah. No, and it's you know take it back to gratitude. It it shows that there have been a lot of people out there doing their work and 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 a lot of grid work and it's it's paying off and showing up in the physical you know so grateful for all those folks and all the work that's being done on that front speaking of grids uh, derek does have a interactive map of the shungite grid or shungite that has been dispersed and people have reported isn't is that a, it's still up on the website right Derek? Yeah, that's up there on uh, MissWars.com. It's a Shungai grid. I was actually just expanding that too. Um, yeah, and is mm-hmm. is that just folks that get that are participating through the Shungai program you've got going on there, or because there's lots of I know several people who just make up, you know, either a pyramid or or a puck and are chucking them out at at five D towers and stuff like that too. That all counts. You don't even have to throw it. If you just own a piece and you keep it in your pocket because that's your favorite nugget, put your city or something on that Shungai grid on the Google map and that's linked on the website. And that it's tens of thousands and it's a live map. So you can zoom around and I'll tell you, if you're consciously aware that the Shungai grid is a thing, that boosts it. And I know you guys know that. And then you can take part in that. That's how it goes. And then, yeah, so you don't have to just throw your stuff out the window because sometimes you don't have that much. You can have that little piece on your desk. So go ahead and put your state base on there. So, yeah, there's tens of thousands of spots now. Yeah, well, I was, I was wondering if you can just – because that map would get too big and confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, check, I check stuff out at energetic hotspots all the time, so. But yeah. I've always got a, I've always got a, a piece on me too. I've started carving on them recently, which has been interesting. Just kind of like those those stones you were saying. It's it's a sort of free farm automatic drawing situation, and it's yeah. gotten interesting. I got to figure out how to save all that dust, though. You get you give me a good idea with that, Derek. Oh so, yeah, I'll tell you what. Yeah, put it that. in your plants. And that your plants, whatever you put it in, like I had a mullein plant that grew like 10 times the size of the guy who genetically modified it. He came and lost his mind at my store and he saw it. And I said, I didn't do anything. You know, I just gave some Shungai powder. And scientists have been doing that too. I printed a bunch of studies yesterday um, on scientists and the powder. It's a whole C60 molecule thing. I won't bore you now, but you probably already know, but that's one use. Mm-hmm. No, I, the, um, 
It is like to read more of that. Yeah. Yeah. Our website has that. The and I'm going to literally put up like 20 more studies because they keep disappearing from the internet. When I used to link to them, people would say, "Hey, your links are broken." I'm like, no, they're not because I make the website. And oh yeah, they're literally gone from the. You, I don't know if this is some Russian war thing, but the Ukrainian university that published a bunch of these studies. You can. And I did this yesterday. I searched their entire university online. They're just gone. Everything on Shungite. So then yesterday, I'm like, forget <laughs> this. Oh yeah, I started just downloading bot to pub.med subscription so I could download these studies and I keep them on my own server now. The weird thing, one study I was wanting to reference on my server on my, and it's still up there by the way, on my website on our Shungai FAQ page, the link disappeared for this study that also disappeared on the Ukrainian website. What the hell is that all? I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy because most of it's real to believe it or not. Um what the hell? And it's still up there. So literally right now, I haven't had time to edit my website. So if you go to mysticalwares.com, I'll leave it up there for another week. So anybody listening to this podcast later, go to our Shungite FAQ page, go to the bottom to our scientific studies, the first one or two, whichever one it is that references, you'll read it, the Ukrainian study. All of a sudden, my button for downloading this study disappeared on my WordPress server. It's not somewhere else. And then also on the Ukrainian university website, like I said, because I have enough of a a tidbit spiel I put on there, the abstract that I could reference. Oh, here's the university. I'll go get it again. Uh, uh, and I just did this yesterday. So then I downloaded another 20 or 30 studies. I, I just took the whole PDFs and are about to pay for them. And again, I'll host them myself. No more links. Because, you know, coincidence that that disappeared from the university. I'm, I, I don't know what to tell you on that one. Um, but that did happen. And that was just the last couple of days. So it's, and that's kind of like how my, my life works. And I'm not going to take it any further because I don't run with that. So I don't know what to tell you, but I'll tell you that stuff does happen if you hear about it. Because um, I know my website gets edited and I'm, I'm the web editor. I designed the whole damn thing. Nobody's logins, me. And then what, you know, coincidentally, as it gets taken down from that university, it gets taken off. So I'm not buying that for a second, but who knows? But yeah, we got the studies on the website too, where scientists have given to cucumber plants, to mullein plants, to rats, tripled their lifespan. Rats die of cancer typically. And it stopped, they killed the rats to stop the study. And that's, these are some of the studies they're trying to get rid of. Um, liver cancer, I mean, well, I got dozens of them now in my office, literally a stack almost a foot tall right now um, because I got, I'm done with the digital thing. I got the printouts now as well. So, um, but no, yeah, they're, they're legit. And they're not me in my garage. I'm not like feeding my pet rat, Fluffy, some young guy paddle saying, hey, this sucker lived twice as long as usual. No, these are documented studies done by scientists that you named this lab. Um, and it's all on there, by the way. So it's, it's good stuff. It cures cancer. Um, so it says, you know, I'm not, I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on TV. Anybody listening to the podcast? Um, but yeah, so it's all out there. They can go reference the studies. Yeah, the the uh, the hard facts behind the studies it, it really does help to bring you drive some of these points home because we're you know a lot of this stuff sounds woo woo but like the last episode I was kind of disappointed that you weren't there because I was so excited to have this study that Doctor Pop that talked about his work and because I know that you like the science aspect you know the, you know the hard facts right and we got to see we got to see how Doctor Pop was cens censured and and kind of poo pooed out of the field even though he was proving that. We are light body. Our bodies are made of light physically, you know, literally. It's not just a metaphor. I know it's light bodies are thrown around a lot. But yeah, it's our DNA is, is able to emit 
emit light. That's why your third eye, your pineal gland, is photoreceptor cells. I get onto the medical science too. Why would a gland in the middle of your head have photoreceptor cells? It responds to light. And it's, there goes my right ear again, ringing. Um, that, yeah, your imagination and emotions generates the metaphysical energies. Um, that's the best way to put it. I mean, we can talk all woo-woo terms and this, but it's really the same thing you call your imagination and emotions. Get into those, know they're real, and that's and that stuff turn, turns on like it's happening to me here as I do that. So the visuals start going on, big loud tones and ringing in your ears, um, stuff like that on cue. That's the metaphysical stuff. And then, so when we have those those kind of ascension symptoms, quote unquote, is that then where when we can be uh, use our imagination in the sign, like create our own etheric sign language i know you've used that metaphor before is that what i would say okay i would say <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> you're in a band you we all get tinnitus like symptoms ringing that and the other whatever and because i get the visual like cheating over here again what i see is it's an add-on like another instrument so you're getting closer to having an actual song being played where you can communicate so when you they call it heartbrain coherence they call it meditating shot you know whatever you want to call it but when you reach a certain state of being, a feeling around you, and it can be instantaneous, by the way, it's not something that takes a lot of time. It can, you know, it varies. But then those other metaphysical frequencies tune in. So it's not that there's a message and you're not saying this in the ringing in your ears. It means, okay, I've got another, in my odd analogy, another instrument playing. So I'm getting closer to having better communication. So now have the realization that you're not going deaf because you heard tones in ears, know that it's a metaphysical thing and your aura is accessing more densities that are already there. Think tuning the radio, you're honing that channel. Get excited about it. Turn, let your imagination go. That's how you communicate. People can be instant channels or mediums if you just use the right terms and nobody tells you you got to climb a certain mountaintop or have Guru Bob thump you on the forehead beforehand. That's not a thing. You can go do that all you want, but it's really just realizing you're accessing your metaphys chakras or metaphysical senses. And as you realize that, if that's feeling a weird subtle energy or whoosh around you, just know that, oh, okay, there's another tone or tune or frequency in the environment. Now use your chakras, your gut instincts, your emotions to access it. And then as you do that, it hones more. And then it all blurs. Because like when you eat food, you don't look at food and then taste it and then feel it and then smell it. And then you do it all at once. Us humans are usually hyper-focusing. I want to be a psychic. I want to be a blah, 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 blah. Just do it. Like Ben does a lot of the time. Because I see him flinging, I'm pointing at the camera here, flinging frequencies. I don't know if you know what they are. I'm not dissing him, complimenting you. Just get a freaking surfer jumping on the board, doing the damn thing, not having to follow some instruction booklet. Um, so that's a good way to do it. And then that stuff hones, it gets easier. Um, so I don't, but that's what the tunes and tones are. And I get them because I'll glance up and then that happens. And then I get a visual like over here for me, or sometimes it's an entity. Um, somebody wanted to chit chat, you know, and then it's called the medium thing. Um, but I don't really separate that way. So what is, would it be fair to say then, in, in developing these uh, other uh, senses, like our other chakra senses and the ways of perceiving that imagination is, is another key ingredient that is... They're not even abilities. 
their understandings. You don't need an ability. Everybody has these abilities. They need to enhance their understandings of the ability, get the hell out of their own way. Remember, I'm a blunt guy. And then all of a sudden it heightens because a wine taster isn't born with 12 more smell buds in their nose and mouth than us. They simply hone that sense. And I'm using a wine taster as an analogy or a cheese taster, doesn't matter. And then they can heighten that. The psychic thing is the same thing. You all got third eyes. You all got pineal glands. Mine's not extra big. No, it's just a way of understanding. And when you do that, like jumping on a bike, nobody teaches you how to ride a bike. You just jump on the sucker and go. And if you fall off, get back on. Eventually, you're not looking at the pedals. You're just riding. I'd suggest everybody quit hyper-focusing or listening to, again, guru, not everybody's doing it, but gurus and masters. I mean, listen to people. Take suggestions, but know you're your own guru or master. And all of a sudden, it happens. It just it heightens on its own is the thing. Because people come in and say, Derek, how'd you reach psychic level five? And I'm making fun of it because there's not a psychic level five. I'm like, I got out of my own way. It was a realization is really what it is. And that's a, a tough thing to, to say, um, but it really is. Um, anyway. I hope and, and practiced, right, Derek? Yeah. I mean, it is, yeah. it is practice. Absolutely. And that's, actually, Owen might have been the first person I heard say this, uh, but it's a, it's a quote. Um, and I think Buddha said it, that if you meet a Buddha on the road, kill it. <laughs> was it? I can't remember if that was Owen who said that I heard that from first or not, but it is. Um, obviously, you don't want to you don't want to kill a guy you meet on the road, but it is like you're looking at yourself. If you meet a Buddha on the road, you're looking you're looking at yourself. Right. So um, you are your own own best teacher most of the time. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, Inside. I think that might have been from uh, Hill Bill or something. It's like if. God gets in your way, cut him. Like <laughs> uh, uh, I haven't seen that movie in a while. I don't know. Maybe I'm misquoting, but something. <laughs> Speaking of quotes, to kind of uh, touch on something that Ben corrected me on after our last recording, the last episode I had a quote, I attributed it to a Terrence McKenna. But it's it's not originally Terrence's saying, but it's the the whole premise of the world is more weird than we're able to think, like a, a physically like imagine. Ben, can you clarify? I can't. I don't remember. Well, I think, I, I think Terrence said a lot to the same respect too. But the the first time I heard it, and it was from a, a physicist in the forties, a quantum, uh, you know, I don't know, he was a German. Herzenberg or Heisenberg or something like that. But the quote I know is reality is not just stranger than you think it's stranger than you can think. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, uh, actually misinterpreted that. I, I thought he was just a philosopher from what little bit of reading I did of his work, but it turned out he was a theoretical physicist, but either way, I mean, if you get paid to sit around and think about that kind of shit, you're a philosopher in my book. So, philosophy is awesome. I love philosophy. Um, all right, so we are getting up to two hours now. I did want to uh, read just a little bit from the Four Agreements, the end of the book, just two pages, only because he talks about imagination here. And I know we haven't done a whole lot of Neville yet, but I've I've read all of his works and. 
and Neville touches on the use of imagination a lot, and I know that Vadim Zeeland touches on that in Reality Transurfing, so uh, I'm just being able to connect all these threads, and they, they keep popping up in different places, and all these wonderful books written by you know amazing authors, so I really just wanted to, to share it uh, with you, and maybe get some some uh, opinions afterwards, but I think that just putting uh, this these words and this frequency out into the universe is is a good thing. I know that it's going to have an effect on me first, and so I'm going to do it because I think that uh, it's uh, heaven on earth is a good thing, and that's the name of the chapter. It's chapter seven, and real quickly, and he says he writes, "I want you to forget everything you have learned in your whole life." This is the beginning of a new understanding, a new dream. The dream you are living is your creation. It is your perception of reality that you can change at any time. You have the power to create hell, and you have the power to create heaven. Why not dream a different dream? Why not use your mind, your imagination, and your emotions to dream heaven? Just use your imagination, and a tremendous thing will happen. Imagine that you have the ability to see the world with different eyes whenever you choose. Each time you open your eyes, you see the world around you in a different way. Close your eyes now, and then open them and look outside. What you will see is love coming out of the trees, love coming out of the sky, love coming out of the light. You will perceive love from everything around you. This is the state of bliss. You receive love directly from everything, including yourself and other humans. Even when humans are sad or angry, behind these feelings you can see that they are also sending love. Using your imagination and your new eyes of perception, I want you to feel yourself living a new life, a new dream, a life where you don't need to justify your existence and you are free to be who you really are. Imagine that you have permission to be happy and to really enjoy your life. Imagine living your life without fear of expressing, expressing your dreams. Imagine living your life without the fear of being judged by others. Imagine living your life without judging others. Imagine living without the fear of loving and of not being loved. Imagine living your life without being afraid to take a risk and to explore life. Imagine that you love yourself just the way you are. The reason I ask you to imagine these things is because they are all entirely possible. You can live in the state of grace. That's the state of bliss, the dream of heaven. But in order to experience this dream, you must first understand what it is. Only love has the ability to put you in that state of bliss. Being in bliss is like being in love. Being in love is like being in bliss. You are floating in the clouds. You are perceiving love wherever you go. It is entirely possible to live this way all the time. It is possible because others have done it, and they are no different from you. They live in bliss because they have changed their agreements and are dreaming a different dream. Oh, uh, yeah. He, uh, he used a key word in there a whole lot of times, didn't he? Uh, imagination. Yeah. The, 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 that list... It was uh, each one was a paragraph. I just took the first sentence because I didn't want to read the whole thing. But the point was, yeah, the he that's what caught my eye. I highlighted every time he used imagination because it was so repetitive, right? Yeah, that's yeah, that is, and that's I, I describe that as like a channel because I look at energetically at people and they. So let's say I have a, a psychic because I give readings to psychics, mediums all the time, and they're in front of me doing their psychic thing. I can see the frequency they're tuning into. That's the same channel as our imagination. So I'm like, don't let them kick that out of you as a kid. Your imagination's real. 
Um, and it's the same channel. So just stay open to it. And that's why I like to describe it in sessions that way. Like, no, it's, it's not a, a psychic thing you have to advance to. You have an imagination, right? And I'm like speaking to an invisible person in a session. Like, yeah, I'm like, that's the psychic stuff. Realize it. Get out of your own way. If all of a sudden you hear a random thought in your head, don't expect it to be in some accented voice like spirit guide Bob from France or something. No, it's your own thoughts sometimes. That's how it comes in. Um, and it'll open up from there once you realize that, like I said, advance your understanding, then the psychic stuff becomes stronger because you realize, oh, it's already there in my imagination. Then you, when that subtle imagination happens, you realize there's something more to the story. Um, so it's kind of like lifting a heavy object. You have to lift it enough times, you're going to get strong. That's just how it kind of goes. Um, just realize, like uh, I think it was Ben that was saying something earlier, I think synchronicity, breadcrumbs, where we brought that up earlier in the show. Um, keep following those things, paying attention to them. That's using your psychic awareness. And then all of a sudden, stuff's going to get more in your face. Um, and, uh, you know, heightened sense. Yeah, that's what I told the 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 waffle vendor at the show was follow the synchros because he was having good luck with those waffle necklaces and he was really excited about it. I was like, dude, that's your ticket. Like he's he already sold, you know, I forget the number, but he already sold like a bunch of them that day. So yeah, absolutely follow the synchronicities. Yeah. And then it, being consistent about trying to to perpetuate this state of of, of love and, and, and keeping armored is something that's in, I try to do every day that's that's what the challenge is right and that's what the point behind this podcast is is to try to inspire and to help people perpetuate that in in their lives and help me because this you know spells affect the person that puts them out there first and so i want all good things for everybody including myself right so uh just the love frequency here and i think unless anybody has anything else that uh that'll do it for this week's episode no, I'll just let you all, because I don't know if you all heard at the end, but we are running this one live. So we are on uh, Cosmic Reality um, you know, Radio. So And we'll be live on the air. There's a player on the chrononautchronicles.com website. So if any of you want to get that HTML code, I can give it to you later, too. And I'm just kind of announcing during the show now, too, so listeners hearing this later will realize, hey, I can go to chrononautchronicles.com, and we have an audio player and a live chat room for even right now. Um, and we'll continue that as well. So, and we'll embed those players on other websites. No, I had a great time, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're gonna be. Yeah, we're gonna try to do this live on Mondays every every Monday. Um, and being able to chat with the audience is, is super exciting. The last I haven't I haven't I'm not really uh, too familiar with live shows anymore because Thirteen Questions was all pre recorded. But I'm looking forward to developing that aspect later on uh, down the line as we get further into this this working that is Chronicle Chronicles um, but this is only the third episode so I think it was a, a good one thank you all for joining me until next time Chronicles carpe diem <laughs>